We've been in a series these last few weeks called Summer Conditioning. It's going to take us through the summer months. In each of these weeks, we're looking at a different spiritual discipline, a classical spiritual discipline from Richard Foster's amazing book, The Celebration of Discipline. I encourage you to get a copy of this book. You can follow along with us as we go through the series this summer. And uh, the first four weeks, we looked at the inward disciplines of meditation and prayer and fasting and study. And so starting this week, we're going to move from inward disciplines to the outward disciplines, the things that shape how we live our lives to make room for God, the things that we do outwardly uh, to make room for God in our life. And the first one, the one we're going to look at tonight, is the discipline of simplicity. Now, simplicity, Christian discipline of simplicity, simply means to help us to cut out the clutter of life, to make more room for Jesus, to make him our main focus again, and get rid of things that keep him from us. So I want to ask you a question. What are the things that tend to clutter your life, right? What are the things that fill up your life and that take the focus off of Jesus? You know, if you were just right now, wherever you're watching this video, wherever you're listening, just to look around you, maybe look around your room, look around wherever you're at, what are some things you can lay eyes on that you could say, honestly, I don't really need that, right? Something you could put a hand on and say, maybe I like this thing, but I don't need it. I don't have to have it, right? And how many things uh, in your room, how many things around you could you say that about to say, man, this is just a thing and I got it during this time, but I, I don't really need it. I don't have to have it. There's certainly a movement in our culture right now. I mean, the last couple of years, we've seen uh, kind of a simplicity movement in culture. Uh, there's a lady named Marie Kondo who really popularized this idea of getting rid of things we don't really need, the things that don't bring us joy. And that's good. I mean, we could all stand to simplify and get rid of those things. But in addition to physical clutter, we also tend to accumulate habits and activities that will fill up our time, that will drain our energy, and that will crowd God right out of our life. And it's important for us to periodically take stock of our lives and simplify however we can to remove those things that are keeping us from Jesus. The philosopher Soren Kierkegaard wrote that purity of heart is to will one thing. Purity of heart is to will one thing, to have one primary focus for our lives, one primary desire that we pursue. And as Christians, we understand that that primary focus should be God. We are created to glorify God, to enjoy him and to have relationship with him. But modern life uh, is filled with so many things that compete for our attention, so much clutter that often the Lord is pushed aside uh, by meaningless habits and possessions that tend to clutter up our lives. So that's the question for us. What are the things cluttering our, our lives right now? Um, Richard Foster says it this way in the celebration of discipline, and it's so good. He says, our lack of a divine center and our need for security has led us to an insane attachment to things. We crave things we don't need or enjoy. We buy things we do not want to impress people we do not like. It reminds me of the Andy Minio lyric that we own things we don't need to impress people we don't know. Then we go broke trying to look rich, right? But that's our lives. It's absolutely absurd. It's absolutely ridiculous. But that's the reality of modern life for so many of us pursuing status and stuff we don't need just to impress other people that we don't know or maybe don't even like. Um, and the spiritual discipline of simplicity helps us to cut through all that noise, cut through all that clutter to make room for Jesus, make Jesus our main focus again, and get rid of things that tend to keep us from him. You know, Jesus talks quite a bit about greed, about our obsession with possessions throughout the Gospels. And tonight we're going to look at one of those teachings. It's going to be in Luke chapter 12, if you want to follow along in the scriptures. Luke chapter 12, we're going to start with verse 14. 
a man asks Jesus to settle a financial dispute that he has with his brother. And this is how Jesus responds. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 14, Jesus replies, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide things as that? What made, who, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Verse 15, he says, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Be on guard against greed. Your life is not measured by how much you own, or your translation may say it this way, life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Your life is not defined by how much stuff you can accumulate. And I know this flies in the face of, of man, our modern uh, American culture, our modern capitalist culture that says, man, who, whoever can uh, own the most stuff wins, whoever has the biggest house, the nicest car, the most fashionable clothes, right, that they, that they win in culture. And Jesus says, that's not what life is about. And life is not about how much stuff you can accumulate, how much stuff that you can own. Your life is more than that. Jesus goes on to tell them a story about a rich farmer. And in this story, he talks about a farmer who's very successful, who has, has a huge blessed crop, um, who has so much produce that his barns don't even have room to take it in. He's got, man, I've got so much extra. What am I going to do about it? Uh, you know, he, he could do anything with it. He could help his community. He could give to the poor. But instead he says, you know what? I've got so much produce that my barns don't even, can't even contain it. Here's what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger barns that can hold it, right? He's going full scale Scrooge McDuck. I'm just going to build a big old tower for all my stuff to put it in. Uh, and God, God tells him at the end of the story, man, you've been a fool because actually you're going to die tonight and someone else is going to get all this stuff. Right? That, that, that we're a fool when we make our life about accumulating more and more stuff because we can't take it with us. Right, We can't take it with us to heaven. You can't take that fancy car with you to heaven, that big house with you to heaven. Right, uh, And so our, our focus should instead be on eternal things. Our life should instead be about a pursuit of God and things that matter, not accumulating more and more stuff. In verse 21, Jesus says, Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth but not have a rich relationship with God. Elsewhere in the Gospels, he says, What good is it a man, what profit it a man, if he gains the whole world, but he forfeits his soul? If we make our life about the pursuit of status and wealth and stuff, we've completely missed the point of our life. If we make our life about, uh, man, all the things that we see promoted in the culture, man, be, be popular, have that status, uh, get the most stuff, the nicest stuff, the newest stuff, if we devote our life to that, we're going to end up completely wasting our life especially if, if we miss out on a relationship with God because of it. And you can't take any of it with you. And the only thing that really matters in the face of eternity is that relationship with God. How do you have a relationship with God, right? How do we have a relationship with Jesus that's going to last forever? We can't take the stuff with us anyway. I um, mean, how, how do we have a relationship with God that's going to secure eternal life for us and a place in heaven for eternity? I mean, it's as simple as confessing to God our need for him, saying, God, I need you. I need you in my life. Uh, I don't want to do this life on my own. I want to put my trust in you, Jesus, and what you did on the cross to save me. God, please forgive me of my, my sins and restore that relationship that's been broken by my sin. Uh, and when we put our trust in Jesus, what he did on the cross, God does. He forgives our sins. He cleanses us, makes us clean, and adopts us into the family of God as a child, right? And he restores that relationship with God that was broken by sin, is restored by what Jesus did on the cross when we put our trust in Jesus. And the good news of the gospel is, is Jesus died on the cross for our sins, but he also rose from the dead, promising eternal life for all those who trust in him. So when this earthly life is over, no, you can't take any of it with you, but you get to spend an eternity in heaven with God, enjoying God's presence. 
And Jesus says, no, we should make relationship with God the primary focus of our life. That's the eternal thing. That's the thing that really matters. That's why you were created, to enjoy God, to glorify him, to have relationship with him. And if you make the focus of your life anything else, accumulating wealth, accumulating status, then you've wasted your life and you've missed the point and the purpose of your life. Jesus continues in verse 22. He says, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear. For life is more than food and your body is more than clothing. Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about, man, what food am I gonna eat? What clothes am I gonna wear? Your life is so much more than that. He goes on to talk about how the Lord cares for the birds and the flowers. And he says, if I care for those things, how much more am I gonna care for you, right? If Jesus takes care of the birds and makes sure they have plenty to eat, if he takes care of the flowers of the field uh, that are just here for a season and then wither up in the winter, how much more is he gonna take care of you, his precious child created in his own image who he dearly loves? God's gonna take care of you. He doesn't want you to worry about those things. He's a good father who knows how to take care of his children and he's gonna provide for you. In verse 30, Jesus says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world, but your father already knows your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else and he's gonna give you everything that you need. Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and God's a good father. He's gonna make sure you have those things you need. He's gonna make sure you have clothing uh, and food and, and shelter and relationships and those things you so desperately need. You don't need to worry about those and you don't need, need to waste your life pursuing those things. Pursue Jesus, pursue his kingdom and he's gonna make sure that you have what you need. He follows that with an encouragement to simplify, right? And that's what we're talking about tonight, simplicity, simplifying. Uh, and here's what Jesus says, uh, about simplifying our life. In verse 33, he says, sell your possessions and give to those in need, right? You got too much stuff and sell some of that stuff and give to people who really need it. This will store up treasure for you in heaven and the purses of heaven never get old and they never develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it. No moth can destroy it. And wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus says, get rid of things that you don't need, things that are just cluttering up your life so that you can better focus on the Lord and make him your heart's main desire. Uh, so simplify your life, man. Sell the stuff that you don't need. Give away the stuff that you don't need. Um, whatever it is that's keeping you from God, that's cluttering up your life. And if someone else can use it better than you, give it to them, sell it, get rid of it. But get rid of those things that are keeping you from Jesus, that are getting in the way of your relationship with God and your pursuit of him. Um, get rid of activities, habits that have cluttered up your life, filled your time where you don't have time to devote yourself to the Lord. So what does this look like for us practically, right? How can we apply this to our lives? Um, what, what does this look like for me and for you? Again, give away or sell things that you don't actually need, right? We, we look around, there's so much stuff that we have that we don't need. Uh, we wouldn't miss it, right? Man, get, get rid of those things. Uh, if you can give them to someone who really needs them, hey, that's a bonus. Uh, but, but sell those things, get rid of those things. Delete and unsubscribe from things that fill up too much of your time, right? We have so many things that compete for our time and attention that fill up our whole day and crowd out spending time with God in prayer uh, and meditation and Bible study, right? Delete those things, unsubscribe those things if they're cluttering up your schedule so much, if they're filling up your time so much that you don't have time for the Lord. And then don't buy more things that you don't actually need, right? After you after you simplify, don't, don't go then and then buy more things that you don't actually need, especially if it's just trying to impress other people. Foster writes this, he says, stop trying to impress people with your clothes and instead impress them with your life. 
right? Sometimes we buy cars and clothes and other things as status symbols to impress other people. Richard Foster says, stop trying to impress people with your clothes and instead impress them with your life, impress them with how you live, impress them with your relationship with God and your devotion to him. Simplicity is freedom. Simply, simplicity is freedom. We're often slaves to status, we're slaves to our possessions, and Jesus wants you to be free from that. Jesus loved you, uh, he bought your freedom on the cross, he desires you to live free from bondage to those things, uh, and simplicity can bring that freedom uh, that, that we so deeply need, a freedom from pursuing a status and trying to impress people, a freedom from being a slave to possessions and feeling like we have to accumulate more and more stuff to be successful. Now, here are some super practical things that Richard Foster suggests in the last few pages of the chapter. And I'm not gonna go over all of them, but here's five uh, that I think are super practical and super helpful for us to think about. The first one's this, learn to enjoy things without owning them. Learn to enjoy things without owning them. Uh, we can enjoy stuff without buying it, without owning it. We can borrow it, um, we, we, can, we can experience it without having to purchase and own it. And I think this is something that we need to get deeply uh, into our hearts and the way we think about life and experiencing the world. There's these places called libraries, right? Where you can borrow books and read them uh, and you don't have to buy the book. You don't have to own it forever, right? It's there, you can borrow it, you can read it, you can enjoy it. Not just books, they've got uh, music and movies and other, other media as well. And get that library membership, right? That library card will be your best friend. You can borrow things, experience things without owning them. Um, it, it's true what they say, the best things in life are free, right? Going out and just experiencing nature, enjoying uh, the park, uh, a river, a stream, some trees, being out in the woods, uh, experience in the park that's totally free. And I don't have to own that river to enjoy it. I don't have to own that forest to appreciate its beauty. Uh, get out there and enjoy things uh, that you don't have to own and, and try to figure out what other things in my life maybe do I spend money on or do I accumulate that I could borrow or partake in and enjoy without owning them. So that's the first one. Learn to enjoy things without owning them. Number two is this. Reject anything that breeds oppression in others. Right? We need to think about the things we purchase and the things we get involved in. Uh, man, somewhere in that chain, uh, does it oppress other people? Right? Does it, does it make life worse for other people? The ugly side of capitalism is that, is that sometimes in the supply chain, uh, somewhere along the way, way, people aren't being treated fairly. And so when we think about uh, purchasing electronics, you know, was this device you know, made in unfair conditions? We purchased clothing. Was this, was this shirt maybe made in, in, in a sweatshop or with unfair labor? Uh, and, and not that we would obsess about these things, but we would think about, man, uh, as I'm accumulating more and more stuff, uh, do I really need this thing? And, and any step in the process, is this making life worse for someone else? Is this uh, being part of the oppression of someone else? And, and if so, man, we can reject that. Say, no, I don't need to have that. I don't need to be a part of that system. Uh, number three, reject anything that produces addiction in you. Now, you know what it is for you. You know what particular things may tempt you or draw you away from God. And those are the things especially that we need to reject, get rid of. Anything that uh, we're tempted to be addicted to, that we need to have on a regular basis, that we just can't feel like we can live without, uh, that's certainly competing for our desires and, and, and becomes an idol for us, replacing God in our lives. Man, reject anything that is addictive for us. Man, those are things that God would have us simplify and declutter and get rid of. Number four, Buy for utility and not for status. Buy for utility, usefulness, and not for status. So if I need a new coat, and I wanna buy a coat because it's gonna keep me warm, not because it's maybe the height of fashion. Or if I've got a coat, 
that's perfectly fine. It's just, man, a few seasons behind on fashion. It's out of style. I don't need to buy a new coat if the coat I have still works and it still keeps me warm. Uh, so part of biblical simplicity is thinking about, man, am I purchasing a thing that I really need and not just because it's a status symbol? Is it going to work well, uh, meet my needs, what I need it to do, and I'm not just buying it to try to impress other people for status? And number five, shun anything that distracts you from seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus tells us to do. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then God's going to make sure that we have everything that we need. So we need to reject anything that's going to distract us from seeking the kingdom of God. So as you take inventory of your own life, your own possessions, your own habits and activities, which of these things are keeping me from really pursuing God with all my heart, from really seeking after the kingdom of God with all my heart, and, and figure out which of those things can go so that you can have God be a greater place in your life. And there's so much freedom here if we can embrace it. There's so much good freedom that the Lord has for you if you can embrace this idea of simplicity. You know, freedom from the slavery of being a cog in that capitalist machine of just amassing more and more stuff. Wouldn't it be nice to be free of that and say, you know what, I don't need it. I don't need to be a part of that. I don't need to waste my life chasing that stuff. Freedom from the anxiety of how to maintain all this stuff. And it can be stressful. Uh, it, can, it can cause a lot of anxiety in our life worrying about stuff uh, instead saying, hey, all the stuff that I have, God, it belongs to you anyway. It's a gift from you. It's yours to maintain. Uh, and God, help me to be a good steward of it. Use it to bless other people, help other people. But I'm not going to be anxious about it. I'm not going to be worried about it. Jesus wants you to experience that freedom from anxiety and also freedom just to enjoy God and trust him to supply us with whatever we need. Man, it can be so freeing to come to that place to say, Jesus, I trust you. God, I trust you, God. You're a good father. You know how to take good care of me. You know how to take good care of your children. I'm going to trust you to supply everything that I need. Our relationship with God is too important to let it be crowded out of our lives with meaningless junk, right? So that's my encouragement to you guys. Think about simplicity. Think about your own life and where you can simplify uh, and where God has been crowded out of your life by possessions and habits and activities and say, God, you are way too important to me to be crowded out by that stuff. Amen. I'd like to pray with you that God would really help us to make that a reality in our hearts uh, and, and make him our chief desire where we say, I'm willing to get rid of anything if it's going to help me get closer to you. Amen. Father God, uh, thank you so much for your word here in the gospel of Luke, the teachings of Jesus. God, help us to be on guard against greed and understand that our life is not about just accumulating more and more stuff. Life is about knowing you, having a relationship with you. And God, I pray, Lord, that our desire, uh, our chief desire, the primary desire of our hearts is that relationship with you, to know you more. Uh, and God, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to simplify our lives, to get rid of things uh, in our lives, get rid of possessions and clutter and junk and activities and habits that keep us from pursuing you and keep keep us from really having you uh, at that place of, of being central in our life in every way. God, help us to simplify. Uh, show us what that looks like for us as individuals. God, we love you. I pray that you be glorified in the lives of students. God, bless them and encourage them this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys.